It is Wednesday, April 4th, 2018. I'm Martin Coots and this is EduChat. Last week seems like so long ago. A transcontinental flight home gave me a chance to reflect on the education event held at Lane Tech College in Chicago. I was fortunate enough to be invited to this, my first ever Apple event, and what an event it was. I'm not going to spend too much time rehashing the announcements. There have been numerous blog posts and articles written on this, and I'd recommend reading one of them for a non-teacher perspective on the announcements. Instead, today, I'm going to focus on what the announcements mean for us in the classroom, and what we as teachers can expect in the coming months. First of all, let's start with the main thing. This was not your average Apple event. An Apple event is usually something that we've watched many times before, I'm sure. Apple executives coming out and telling us how the device adoption has increased year over year or how many devices were sold. No, this was an event with a single purpose and if you watch that, you know what it is. This was to showcase to the mainstream that Apple is and has been for quite a long time focused on education. Tim Cook came out and said that education has been in their blood for 40 years. Now, the one device that's probably used quite a lot, certainly by myself and I'm sure a lot of you listening, is the iPad. And that was how this kicked off. A sixth generation iPad was announced. An iterative update um, on the 2017 iPad 5, but with one big caveat, one big change. It now includes pencil support and this took me um, by surprise completely. I was convinced, if you listened to my last episode, I was convinced that the pencil wouldn't come to the the education iPad for lack of a better term. It was the selling point of the Pro line. But upon reflection, I was wrong. And upon reflection, um, there's still a lot of differences between the Pro line and the standard iPad line. That screen, the laminated display, the the smooth scrolling, um, which I can't remember what it's called, it'll come to me in a wee second. And it makes me excited to see what the Pro Line is going to, um, how the Pro Line is going to get abdu- uh, updated this year. But it's a lot clearer to me now. And now I can see that an education iPad or even just a, a standard consumer iPad with a pencil is a great move. Now, what does it mean for the classroom? For pupils right away, probably not very much. There's a lot of apps that already support um, the pencil, Procreate, Linear, Adobe Sketch, to, to name quite a few but it can be used as an input device. But from a pupil perspective, it's not something that might get used right away. But from a teacher point of view, let's have a look at what that might look like. So an iPad that can support the pencil out of the box would be pretty pretty exciting on its own, but Apple wasn't done there. One of the things that they introduced along with the pencil was an update to the iWork suite of applications, pages, numbers, and Keynote. All three of these have had an update to include a drawing aspect. This allows anybody using pages, numbers, or Keynote to insert a diagram, um, a graph, a chart, uh, a mind map, anything that they can think of. And in Keynote, with the line draw animation and your little doodle that you've done, you've probably seen some of these on Twitter, you can actually create a pretty standard animation, a rocket taking off that you've hand-drawn, someone walking across the screen, um, some great drawings have already appeared. On top of that, Pages now includes something called Smart Annotation, and this is something that I want to focus on. 
Smart Annotation is just a beta um, release just now, but it's actually pretty smooth. And in the, the, the use that I've been using, it's actually, it works very, very well. Now before, if we had been doing this, we might have the pupils airdrop as their pages document to us where we might then take a screenshot and use markup to draw over it. Or we might put it in to get them to export it as a PDF, put it into the notes app and again, use markup. And all of these things are markup, markup, markup. It's not a live document. All you're doing is you're using an overhead projector film. You're putting the film over it and you're kind of drawing on top, but it sticks to it. It doesn't anchor. And that's what smart annotation does that makes it ever so slightly different. So here's a scenario where it might be used. You're working with a pupil. A pupil is working through a research paper. Say they're doing a research paper on the moon and they put together some information on it. They airdrop you that document. Now they could also use the iCloud collaborative um, feature here and they could share the document with you. Now you can annotate. And what's different about smart annotation is you can anchor to a word, a paragraph or a phrase. So that means whenever the pupil makes a change to their document, the annotation sticks to the original place that you made it. It sticks to the word, the, doc, the, the paragraph, the phrase. It means the pupils can insert their correction and they can then take the annotation out. Now, that's very similar to getting a worksheet in, to getting a, a, a jotter in and marking it. Pupil then makes their corrections and the annotation sticks. And as we know, one of the main selling points of the iPad is that you don't need to use paper. You don't have to waste paper. We can now easily airdrop using Classroom, use a collaborative feature. And even for peer assessment, if we think of the Apple EduChat that we had last night, um, Tuesday the 3rd of April, where we were talking about formative and summative assessments, that is a, a great way for doing peer or self-assessment, using smart annotation, having that built in. So I was actually really pleased to see that. And let's not forget, Pages also had a huge, huge update where it can now create iBooks or it can use something similar to what iBooks author was. There are book templates built in. Again, this is a great feature, but it's not anything that an app like Book Creator, for example, hasn't done before. Now I'm a fan of Book Creator, I like Book Creator, but at the moment, it's not had a lot of updates and it's still a paid for application. Now, out of the box func functionality, an app that comes with the iPad that has support for EPUBs, books, has a book template, can take sound files that you would record in GarageBand, can take annotations, can uh, have multiple pupils working on it. Um, if they're all sitting nearby, you can airdrop the link, you can copy the link, all of these types of things. That's now getting pretty appealing I and mean, it's never going to replace something like iBooks Author or Book Creator in terms of the range that it can make. But for a, a first release and having this support built in, we now have iBooks Author functionality. We may not have the full iBooks Author. We still can't publish to the iBooks store. We can't add widgets. We can't add interactive quizzes. But as a collaborative book that can be made using an app out of the box, I was delighted to see that update to pages. And Apple weren't done there. So in the last episode, I mentioned how um, one of the things I thought Apple was going to announce at this um, event was a kind of cross of Classroom and iTunes U, um, something that would allow management aspects as well as um, the ability to assign tasks. And they announced something very, very similar um, with that criteria and it's called schoolwork now schoolwork is going to be released in june and it's almost a, a um in line with google classroom and Shobi, an application that allows you to monitor and track pupil progress in a particular task now where it differs from itunes u where you can set assignments 
is that an assignment would be download this app and then complete a task um, or open this app and complete the task. Whereas in schoolwork, you can assign them to a particular section or quiz or something within an application. So let's take uh, Kahoot as a direct example. Say I'm looking at um, doing integers with my class. We're looking at negative numbers and I find a particularly good integers quiz on Kahoot. I could assign them um, that as a task, either as a homework task or as a classwork task. And they can do it at their own pace, personalised individual style learning. They don't have to do it at the pace of everybody else. They can do it on their own. So instead of them going and downloading the app and finding the quiz and maybe finding a quiz that isn't exactly like the one um, exactly like the one I wanted, I can direct them to that quiz in Kahoot. Um, and that uses the class kit framework that um, was hinted at in one of the 11.3 betas. Um, what I can also do is once the pupil has started that task, I can see how long it takes to complete that task, how far through that task they are, um, maybe if there's a particular area that they are struggling with or get stuck on. Now, before, we might have seen that um, a pupil was struggling um, and other pupils might have seen that a pupil was struggling. Maybe if we were doing a whole class quiz, we could see that that person was maybe constantly coming last or that their name wasn't always appearing. But with this, um, with schoolwork, I can see that it's maybe taking them a little bit longer than everybody else. Everybody else might have completed it in a minute, a minute and a half. A pupil struggling might be three minutes. So classwork allows me to differentiate and say, right, that particular pupil is struggling with this aspect. I can then set them additional work without anybody else knowing. Now, this isn't something new. This isn't something that um, is, or is exclusive to, to schoolwork. We've been able to do that with Shobi and Google Classroom. But schoolwork is going to take, again, it's going to be an app that's already there um, on the device. Now, there is one big caveat with it. Um, if you are not using managed IDs in your school, you won't be able to use schoolwork right out the right out the, the gate when it's first released. It needs to be set up and maintained through Apple School Manager. That includes the managed IDs and the class list. If you used Classroom on a, on the one point release, this was the exact same. Classroom, um, had to be set up and configured using Apple School Manager. You weren't able to do it the ad hoc way that Classroom 2.2 allows, where any pupil with their own device can um, access a class. No, with um, schoolwork, right now it's going to have to be maintained using Apple School Manager. So it'll be interesting to see how that works because what we found when iTunes U and managed, ID, managed IDs were integrating was that personal Apple IDs, what, which some people uh, commonly call commercial IDs, and managed Apple IDs, they didn't mix. You couldn't have a personal iTunes U course and assign it to pupils using managed Apple IDs. It had to be all managed or nothing. So it'd be interesting to see how schoolwork um, actually comes together and how it all functions. Through conversations with other teachers and other ADEs, we have a, a not a concern, but we just have a a curiosity as to how that's going to work. So it'll be interesting to see how schoolwork comes together. I'm excited to see what this app does. I'm excited to see how the, the new suite of iWork, schoolwork, class, classroom, and of course, um, all of the, I think it was 16 apps, 16 or 20 apps um, that were reported as supporting it right out of the gate. I'll be interested to see how all of that comes together. Um, that's really it for schoolwork. I had a little bit of um, a look on the developer notes last night. One of the things that is going to happen is that 
uh, ClassKit kind of acts like a hub. So what will happen with ClassKit and schoolwork is that a teacher will assign a bit of work using an app in schoolwork. It will then go up to the, the, the cloud hub using their um, Apple ID and it will then be distributed down and it'll all go back up through. So all of the conversation just now seems to be done in ClassKit, which is a cloud framework. So keep um, keep your eyes peeled on Twitter for any new developments as we find out what's going on with schoolwork. But certainly an interesting app and I'm curious to see what it's going to look like. And again, once they mentioned schoolwork, they weren't done there. So if you have um, been using iPads and you've been looking at a way to introduce coding with your pupils, then Apple have their Everyone Can Code curriculum, which has a couple of iBooks, an iTunes U course, and some accompanying um, Swift Playgrounds that work through the app. This has been sort of widely praised, and I certainly find it extremely useful for introducing computational thinking. But what Apple have done is they have also created uh, a new curriculum called Everyone Can Create and it allows uh, students to develop and communicate ideas through video, photography, music and drawing. So video, photos, music and art. And it gives teachers fun and meaningful ways to bring these skills into any lesson, topic or assignment. Now I know what you're thinking, that's what we're doing. We're finding a way to introduce creative aspects to curricular areas. But what Apple have done is they have now given us a structure. They have taken what we are doing. They have recognised that that's what we're doing, and they have bring, uh, they have brought all of that together into a, a curriculum called Everyone Can Create. And one of the reasons that they've done that is because they've worked alongside Apple Distinguished Educators, and they've seen that creative thinking leads to engagement. Now we've seen that ourselves, and when students are more engaged, they take ownership of their learning. One of my fellow ADEs, Matthew Pullen, um, has actually made a comment on this, and I think it would be quite interesting to hear what he thinks. Now, from his point of view, he would say that the new Everyone Can Create curriculum provides teachers with opportunities to adapt their current curriculum to consider alternative ways to enhance learning and engage learners, especially from a creative point of view. Providing learners with options will help them with their work, make it more personalised and ultimately more fun. It also makes marking work a lot more engaging for the teacher. I can't really disagree with Matt there. He has put it over brilliantly. And it's exactly how I feel. Creative skills help uh, pupils become better problem solvers, communicators, collaborators. It really does allow them to personalise the learning and share their understanding in a way that makes sense. They increase their confidence. They're able to explore and um, experiment more. They can tell... Um, they can tell richer stories, they can find their own voice, the pupil voice comes across, and they also stretch their imagination um, in a way that they might not have done before, they might connect something. So let's take number sequences for example. Now Fibonacci, 1, 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, so on and so forth, is a number sequence where you add the previous numbers together to get the next number in the sequence. Now maths isn't everyone's strong point. But once you get a number sequence, maybe having a way to experiment and share your understanding in a different way might make sense to someone. So let's take an example, maybe using the Clips app, where instead of using the Clips app simply to show one bottle, two bottles, three bottles, so on and so forth, why don't we work with syllables? Why don't we make it cross-curricular and introduce syllables? 
one syllable words, two syllable words, three syllable words, five syllable words, eight syllable words or phrases and put them together into a clips video with images that have been sourced um, from Creative Commons uh, sites such as Pixabay. Put in a soundtrack that's built in, create it in a way, introduce their video, call it a fib, a Fibonacci poem, something like that. Put it all together. A skill that they can develop, increase their confidence, find their voice, share their understanding and develop a skill for life, a skill for learning and a skill for work that's going to support them not only in their current schoolwork, but to develop the necessary communication skills and the ability to think creatively that they can apply into their working life after they leave school, which is why we all do it. Now, I'm a huge fan of Everyone Can Create. There are two previews available, one for the teacher, one for the pupil. Um, it'll, it's got a heap of materials and it will show you how to integrate those into your current lessons. And students could use a musical rhythm to make a maths equation. And there are little guides in these uh, books that for the pupil and for the teacher. So there's a lot of easy, fun lessons that would allow you to create creative skills and techniques. A lot of teachers are very, very excited about this and it's going to be great when it comes out and it's going to come out just in time for the new school year starting around about autumn, um, so maybe August, September. So keep posted for that one. Now, something that wasn't announced on stage, but it was something we saw as we went round all of the little workshops was a new application. Now, it is uh, to tie in with Everyone Can Create. It's actually shown in part of the, the guides. And it's all about drawing. And drawing encourages the mind to observe the world, considering how things are put together and how they work. I'm a huge fan of sketching, drawing. If you've followed me on Twitter, you can see that I, I do that quite a lot. But what Apple have done is they've worked with Tisui. Um, now, Tisui makes Tisui Sketches, which is a, a paid-for application. Really powerful, lots of different layers lots of different things that are in it. And if you're like me, Rachel Smith is another person like me. When I hear the word layers, I just get put off. I think something should just be like a bit of paper. You should just be able to put your pencil down and create. That's exactly what Tissue Sketches is like. It's a blank sheet of paper. Things are organized into sketchbooks. Um, they allow, um, so if you're using multiple iPad, then pupils can have a, their own sketchbook. And it works perfectly with Apple Pencil. It's another one that's designed to work well. I have been using this app since last week. I'm a big, big fan. Now, people have had conversations with me on Twitter about how they maybe prefer Adobe Sketch or Procreate or the full version of, of uh, Sketches. That's great. That's great for them. I think from a, a school point of view, an application that doesn't require a login, doesn't require a paid-for license, does what you want it to do, can work with a pencil, can work with your finger, can work with any stylus or input method, and that leads me to the bit I'm just going to talk about in a little second. Pupils will be able to explore balance, symmetry, types of lines, shading, colour, texture. In fact, it's actually really good. I used it to, there's a little crop tool in it where you can uh, draw around something that you have, or sorry, you can draw a dotted line around something you, you've sketched. You can resize it and you can actually create things large. You know, you can create things that look quite big, reduce them down in size, and you can actually create a full diagram. Brilliant for sketch noting, and as an introduction to sketch notes, where you instead of sitting there and writing screens upon screens of notes, you draw a picture, you draw sketches that work for some people. I'm getting into it a little bit more for someone who sketches. I can't say I use sketch notes that often, but it is something that I'm trying to show myself uh, how to how to do a bit better. 
And there's actually a section in Everyone Can Create on that. Now, the pencil, yes, it's still expensive. It's still £100. I think it's 80 for schools. But Logitech, um, Apple's uh, one of Apple's MFI's uh, partners um, who are given access to devices to create cases, keyboards, and all sorts. They made the, the great Create case for the 9.7 iPad Pro that had the keyboard and the... Um, slot for the pencil at the back that when you closed it all over was this nice little um, all-in-one have um, released something called the Crayon um, that actually has Apple Pencil technology built into it. Now, it doesn't connect in the same way. Um, the, the great thing about the Apple Pencil is you take the cap off, you plug it into the lightning port and it automatically uh, pairs with the iPad. With the Crayon, you actually have to press the button on top and it then pairs with one iPad. Now, in school you would have to make sure that you have some sort of management in place so that you can always connect that pencil with the same iPad or you're going to have to go through a pairing process. And right now it's US only and it's not released until June. But one of the big uh, plus factors of this is 50% of the price. It's $40, um, which might be about £40 um, depending on if and when we get the, the pencil over here. Last year with the iPad 9.7 2017, Logitech released a rugged case combo that had a detachable keyboard. Now they've done that again, they've released a rugged 2, but these are all um, restricted to the United States at the, at the moment. It's There's no UA, UK reseller. So it'll be interesting to see if they bring those over, because certainly speaking to a lot of teachers, there's a lot of interest in the crane. And it would be really, really um unfortunate if UK schools didn't get um the chance to take advantage of, of the of the Logitech crane. Right now in the US, if you're listening in the US, it's done if you are part of the Apple Education Network um and you get the education pricing, you can order it from there. Again, it's out in June, but it looks a really exciting product. And alongside um Tsui Sketches, it I think that combined with um everyone can create, it's going to be a really good app for sketching, diagrams, mind maps, all of these types of things for pupils. So I'm, like I say, I've been using it and I'm really excited by it. So that was my first Apple event, um, an absolutely brilliant event to go to, um, showcasing what we do in education, getting a chance to talk to educators, not just from the UK or Europe, but from the US face to face, getting to meet people like Jason Snell and Serenity Caldwell, two journalists um, and podcasters that I listen to every week. Um, in fact, when I was chatting to Jason, um, it felt quite weird talking to him face to face. I'm used to having him in my ear, but it was an absolute privilege to meet him and Serenity as well. And Serenity and I have uh, continued to chat on Twitter and it's been, um, it, it's been excellent sort of getting to know them a little bit better. Apple Education um, inviting me over and getting a chance to go. I'm extremely grateful for it. Grateful to school for giving me the time off to go and see it. Um, I don't think I'm going to stop talking about this for quite a wee while. People who know me are beginning to get... Um, they're telling me I'm like ha uh, Howard Wolowitz from Big Bang Theory where he made every conversation into about the time he was in space. I'm getting that way when it comes to Chicago. Um... It was absolutely amazing. And my thanks to, to um, Apple Education for inviting me over. I also got to meet the legendary Senior Vice President of Marketing, Phil Schiller. Um, I didn't get a chance to ask him about his stage dive with a MacBook. I really wish I had, but I had a chance to chat to him um, about Everyone Can Create and looking at how that can um, how that can be used in schools and kind of 
how grateful that was. It was kind of like a validation for educators that Apple recognised that we were trying to do something that brought technology, the this kind of technology at the heart of learning and showing how they all tied in together. And everyone can create is a, is a great way of showing how art, science, technology, um, engineering, mathematics, how they all come together. Um, I don't think... Um, I don't think there's any, anything else I can really add on this. Thank you very much for listening. Um, I It took me a little bit longer to get this out than I would have liked. I tried something different today. Um, this is actually recording number two. Recording number one was done in GarageBand using the um, the update and the toy box um, loops that came out from that. Um, and then I was just going to upload that as a video, as, a, as an audio file directly to the Anchor website. It didn't work. Um, so I've just spent the past sort of 45 minutes or so recording this in and doing a little bit of editing so apologies it's late but thank you for listening if you have been uh, listening and you've got anything you'd like to add or anything you'd like to contribute if you want to do a a, a chat with me like this where we um, where we um, chat together while recording an episode follow me on anchor and let's make it happen right now this just feels like a, a guy sitting in his mum's basement chatting about um i'm not i'm in my living room but it feels like um you know i'm sitting here with no friends just talking into my device about stuff that happened but i know people are listening along and i know some of you like hearing what i have to say and i do appreciate that you know um it, it's really nice when you get nice positive comments coming back and I, I just try to i just try to call it like i see it and thank you very much for listening um, anything you want to add, give me a shout on Twitter. You, if you're following along, it's at mcoots81. Um, hashtag Apple Edu Chat um, is hosted um, every week on a Tuesday at 8pm BST and then in America at 9pm PST, I think it is. I think they're they're over on Pacific time now that they do it. Um, if I'm wrong with that, I'm sure someone will, someone will tell me. Um, but thanks for joining in and I will talk to you next time.